welcome to the Elevated Muse podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Simone, and I'm a feminine energetics and transformation mentor born and living in Australia. I am super, super honored to have you here sharing this space with me wherever you are in the world. Within the Elevated Muse podcast, we dive into anything and everything that makes someone's soul elevate and truly feel from the core, from expansion in life to depth and understanding of self and others, to intimacy, relationships and sexuality, over to consciousness, emotional intelligence, complete juicy abundance and everything in between. Basically, we do a little bit of everything here because humans are multifaceted. I'm really excited to welcome you to the Elevated Muse podcast, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, you guys. Before we jump into the podcast today, I wanted to remind you of the podcast sponsor. To support the Elevated Muse and bring you guys more episodes, I have teamed up with the team at One's Pleasure. Wands is a Canadian-based company that ships worldwide. And think of anything pleasure product, okay? They've got wands, they've got jade eggs, they've got the delicious pussy butter that you can use as a lube. On their website as well, they have a huge blog that has heaps of information and education on the female body, as well as just the woman experience in general, but also connecting to our pleasure, healing through using our sexuality, connecting to our sexuality, and so much more good stuff that I think everyone needs to read. So for my community, Wands has allowed you guys to use my code Alicia at checkout to get 15% off your purchase okay so I used to have a 10% code and I think all of their sponsors and collaborations are all 10% I know that I'm the first person to have the 15% off discount code for their site so make use of this code and go and get yourself a beautiful crystal wand to expand your self-pleasure and to connect with your body connect with your yoni and learn yourself in deeper ways I also really, really, really recommend the pussy butter because it just smells like white chocolate. It's amazing. <laughs> I I could eat it. I feel like you actually can eat it. Don't quote me on that, but it's delicious. So yeah, at checkout, use the code Alicia to get 15% off of your order. And I hope you guys enjoy your products from there. I'd love to hear how this journey goes for you. If you're just starting out or you're expanding your pleasure practice right now, I would love to know. And now you guys can dive into this episode. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we've got a beautiful, beautiful guest here. I am so excited for this conversation. We don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to be lush. We've got the beautiful Sahara Rose. Hi, babe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to see where this conversation takes us. Yeah, yeah. So before we started um, recording, we're just trying to decide on where this conversation is going to go, you guys. So just strap in, um, put your seatbelts on. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like we've got two very, very like feminine, but like integrated masculine beings here. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be like amazing. We might just start a revolution. Like who knows? <laughs> yeah. Like my fuck around, start a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so honored. Um, I don't, like I said, before we started recording, I don't follow that many people's work. Um, I don't tune in with what everyone's doing all these, cause there's a, a, an abundance and an array of like amazing coaches out there. Like there are so many people in this industry doing amazing shit and I don't jive with just anybody. So like when I find someone that I jive with, I really, I, I want to connect to them. I want to go deep with them. And I'm just, I'm so honored to have you on the podcast and have this talk today. So thank you for being here. First of oh, all, I'm honored that you invited me on and I found you on TikTok. Like I want to say maybe a year ago, like your TikToks just started showing up in my, on my for you page. And then I started following you there. And then someone reposted one of your memes on Instagram. And then I found mm-hmm. you there and that's how we connected. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's the memes that are drawing people into my Instagram right now. <laughs> but I remember seeing like who I remember seeing you follow me. I was like, Oh my God, she knows who I am. Let's do this. Like, yes. <laughs> let's connect. Let's um, get up. Yeah. So I feel like the reason that I really connected with you is because you energetically feel and portray very authentically online, which I love because I'm really about that too. Um, And I love the work that you do in the world that is very about like feminine empowerment and like deep feminine existence and spirituality and like evolution of consciousness but then also you're very like in the 3d like it makes sense in the 3d as well like you ground it in for people like you really like you're really good at I think like making content and this like quote-unquote woo-woo stuff like really digestible for people and I think that's where I kind of want the conversation to start today on like the 3D and the 5D meeting, our material and our spiritual world. So um, I'm sure that there are people listening that maybe there might be like one or two people that don't know who you are. So before we even get into that conversation, tell us a little bit about you, the 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 boring about me. Not that it's boring, but you know, I think you're the same as me. It's like we've told the same story about who we are like so many times. But give us a little roundabout of like who you are and why you do that type of work that is really like balanced and integrated. How did you get there? Yeah. So my parents are both immigrants and refugees. My dad was an immigrant. My mom was a refugee from Iran who escaped the Iran-Iraq war and the revolution that happened there in 1979. So they came to America for survival. And in my lineage, no woman has ever been empowered. No woman has ever worked. No woman I mean, my mom was the first person who even chose her husband. My grandmother was in a forced child marriage when she was 11 years old. And my other grandma, like 15, both of them had my parents when they were young teenagers and everyone in my lineage before that, especially all of the women have been suppressed, have been abused, have been abandoned. And I came into this lineage born in the United States 
knowing deep within my soul that I would be the lineage breaker of this generational trauma that has existed. And I didn't know, my parents didn't tell me that my mom literally escaped by foot through Iran. So she literally had to go with a coyote, escape by foot through Turkey, be hiding under bridges while the Turkish military would be like overhead looking for Iranian refugees who they would gang rape and then kill. And she almost lost her toe from just like running through the desert every single night for months, trying to eventually make it through Turkey into Bulgaria and then getting asylum in Spain and then eventually making it to the U.S. So they didn't tell me this until I was 18, but inherently in my DNA, I knew. I knew that there was deep levels of trauma and for my dad, it manifested in his anger and his control. And now I've realized he has had Asperger's his entire life. And then for my mom, it manifested in her anxiousness and paranoia and fear and control. So growing up, I always knew this lifetime for me is about helping others. And I didn't know how I just looked at people who helped like Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa. And I'm like, okay, they all sacrificed their lives for the cause. So that's what I'll do. So I started going into human rights work and I eventually was organizing protests and I became the president of Amnesty International. I went to school in DC and I was on a pathway to be an international human rights lawyer working with the UN. And I realized while working with different NGOs in DC, just how little of the money was going to the people Mm -hmm. and just again, I more than anything wanted to help people, but I felt like on this pathway, I was so disconnected from the very people that I wanted to help because I had been doing lots of nonprofit work in Nicaragua and Vietnam and on the ground. So by then I was like, well, then like, what the fuck do I do? I've lived my entire life for this one purpose. And now I don't know what that purpose is. And around that time, I started to experience really bad health issues, which eventually turned into perimenopause when I was 21 years old. So I stopped getting my period for over two years. My body was shutting down. Doctors told me I would never be able to have children. I would probably have osteoporosis at a young age. So I couldn't even think about how I was going to help the world. I had to just focus on how do I heal myself? That brought me on a pathway of learning about holistic healing, and then eventually Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga based on the mind-body connection. And now flash forward, healing my body, getting my period back, learning about spirituality more than anything. I just wanted to share this wisdom with others because I knew there were so many young women like myself who weren't getting their period, who had anxiety, digestive issues. I mean, we're like the generation, we all have hormonal and digestive issues. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book about Ayurveda, like modernizing it, didn't know anything about the book writing process and started writing and writing and writing. I had no book deal, never met an author. Like I just thought I'm just going to write a book and it's just like somehow going to end up in Barnes and Nobles. Don't know how, but (laughs) just going to go for it. And at this time I was in a really horrible place with my family because they saw you don't have a job. You're not on a career path. You think you're going to write this book about this weird woo woo topic. You're not even a doctor. Who the fuck do you think you are? And all of that like security fear was coming up of like, we sacrificed everything for you. And this is how you repay us. And it was a period of deep confusion of, is it selfish for me to follow my own path? Like, follow your dreams. Is that some bullshit story they tell you when you're a kid and you're supposed to like wake up and snap out of it? So it was a period of, of a lot of confusion and eventually writing my book and getting it published and 
walking up to Deepak Chopra at a conference and him writing the forward of my book and then going on to writing four books, um, which Deepak Chopra has written the forward of all of them, an Oracle card deck, creating a coaching institute and beyond. But it really started with like beyond before this lifetime, you know, showing that it's possible, especially as a woman to be able to live a life of purpose. Wow. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I've I've seen a few of your posts on that and it it is crazy. And I, I know that a lot of our generation feels that like shame and guilt for not being what our parents like wanted us to be and sought for us. And like for, for me, I've I've shared on my podcast before, like it's been kind of easy for me in some ways. Like I've been an only child. Um, not that I haven't had trauma, like my my dad committed suicide when I was 11 and I was the one that found him and my mom was then depressed and couldn't parent me. So I grew up very, very young. That's kind of like been my journey. But I guess through that as well, I've been able to be quite selfish. Like I've known no other way. So I was kind of, I'm on the other end of like, I'm not going to please anybody. I'm not going to like screw everybody, screw the world. And I think like our generation has that energy of like being entitled and selfish. So I guess like, I know you would help clients with this a lot and in your Institute as well. Like how do we find that balance between for people listening? Cause I know that so many women, especially women struggle with this on like how to stay in our own power and hold our boundary and like listen to our path and prioritize ourselves, but then not be like a horrible person about it, not actually be selfish. And I think for me, it's like redefining selfishness, but I want to hear what do you think on that? You know, everything in spirituality is a both and, you know, it just kind of depends on where you are on the spectrum at this moment of time. So if you're someone that's always been a people pleaser, (laughs) oh, my crystal just fell. As I said that it's like, Ah! So if you're someone that's always been a people pleaser, always before making decisions was like, well, what would other people think? You, you know, maybe you heard your parents growing up of like, well, what, what would your cousins think? What would, what would the, the neighbors think? And you don't even really know what your truth is, what you want. You see yourself in relationship to other people. So like literally in Middle Eastern culture, a woman doesn't have a name. Your name when you're, when you're a child is daughter of your father. Then when you're married, it's wife of your husband. And then when you have a son, it's mother of your son. So you're never a human. You're actually defined by your relationship with men. So if you're coming from a lot of immigrant family perspectives or religious perspectives, or just more um, tribal and communal ways of living where it's all about sacrificing and, and especially as women being the martyr, then you need more of that medicine of choosing you and realizing that your parents may have had you, but you don't owe them your life. And that throughout society, we keep raising the vibration. We're moving into higher levels of consciousness. So to continue to hold on to the beliefs and the mindset from 50, 100, hundreds of years ago is not moving us forward in, in Maslow's hierarchy. So that was the medicine that I needed. However, I also see on the other side in the wellness and spiritual space, spiritual narcissism. 
of, oh, don't tell me what to do. And thinking a boundary is a wall and not being open to feedback. Or a lot of people thinking spirituality is just about biohacking every area of your life, but not about caring about the whole. And I think that that's really what's missing in the spiritual space. It's so focused on the self that we've forgotten. What are we really doing this for? And I think a lot of people are so afraid of having bigger conversations about, you know, let's look at the way that women are treated around the world, or let's look at racial injustice or whatever your cause is that often in spirituality, we lose, we never get happy because there's always going to be more and more things to improve on. So sometimes we need to actually look at the collective and look at the whole, and it puts things into perspective. And I think sometimes we oscillate in one day between two spectrums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I like that um, kind of picture you painted for us. Like if you have been a people pleaser and you've been someone that has dealt with that, you've had those tendencies and you're, that's your block almost to like living in harmony with yourself and the world, then the medicine is to go the other path for a little while and like fully choose yourself, be a little selfish um, I find that I I attract people like that because I'm the opposite. So like I've I had this conversation with my friend literally a few days ago. I'm like, there are there are two types of people in the world. One of them is someone who is a really like really nice person, like almost too nice, and they need to learn to be a bit more harsh and blunt and direct to the point. And then the second type of person in the world is the really harsh blunt direct type of person who needs to learn to be a little bit nicer so I feel like I put I put myself in that category and I always attract friends uh people that I've dated like everyone is always the opposite of me because like every as we know every single person that we're attracting is somewhat of a reflection of something that we can learn and I think like that's the beauty of the duality and the polarity of it you come together with one other person or you have that perspective with the entire world and it puts it just it opens up the door for you to then realize that you can have both within yourself if that makes sense absolutely yes different faces of of the goddess you know she's all of it she's that kalima wrathful sacred anger energy and she's also lalita sundari who's super feminine and receptive and she's lakshmi and she's and she's all of it and i think that that's what's missing in this like divine feminine conversation is like we often see the divine feminine just as the soft the receptive the subtle because a lot of these polarity practices let's be real are being taught by men So they're going to tell us, oh, to be feminine, you should only be this male fantasy version of what a woman looks like. Mm -hmm. And the truth is we have the full range within us. And some of these, these aspects of the range are ugly and they're blunt and they're harsh. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the truth that no one wants to hear. And that's why they label you as the crone, you know, of like, I mean, they don't even label you as the crone. You become a crone in a way that you're exiled from community. We fear aging so much as a collective because older women aren't afraid of speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. So as a society, we have decided, oh, you're ugly, you're crazy, you're, you know, an old cat lady or whatever, because oftentimes it's when we're in our maiden that we're like super willing to please everyone Mm -hmm. else. So that of course, for, you know, a wounded masculine is easier to control. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's the world that we've lived in and grown up in and still very much exist in is this wounded masculine world that benefits 
and stays the same and doesn't budge if we stay in that maiden and we stay in that super soft and like just putting up with it and dealing with it and saying like, oh, this is okay. Like I'm okay with this. Um, and it's not to say that like the soft surrendered version of us, it just accepts anything and everything. But I think that part of us comes alive, obviously, when we do feel safe and we feel like the people, places, environment we're in are safe and we can trust them. And that's when it flourishes, obviously. So that's why we build that home within us. We choose that within our friendships close to us. But it's like the world still expects women to be like that and show up soft like that and accept things for how they are when they haven't, it's not a safe world for women to begin with in every industry on the street. Like this is, this is the reality of being a woman and being a feminine woman as well. Um, And I can definitely relate to the, the exile because that's the energy that I've been in my whole life. I've been the one to speak up. I've I feel like I came out of the womb woke. Like I came out of the womb, like saying, nah, this needs to change. Like I could see beyond the surface. And again, if if that is who you are, the the 3D material world has a hard time digesting that and believing that that is true. Because again, bringing it back, like we live in a 3D wounded masculine world. So if you do feel deeply spiritual and you're deeply internal and you're intuitive and you make decisions based on intuition and you can feel things that are unseen, it is not, it's not accepted because we haven't, we haven't seen women stand in this yet. This is why it's taken so long. Like we see it and it's shut down and then women just keep their mouth shut and they stay silent. That's why every single woman like standing up in their power just creates this domino effect. I mean, you know this, Um, but I feel like it's, it's that balance right now. It's really fascinating seeing the world, the place that it's, that it's in like the way that women are so angry at men right now because of how we haven't been held and we haven't been seen And I'm trying to like trigger this conversation online because I think it has to happen. And I get shut down and women harassing me and calling me like, she's not for women, like, because I am holding space for men too. So I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Like, how do we, as a collective of women, as the feminine is still uprising, like, how do we at the same time hold space for men and encourage good men to this conversation how are we meeting in the middle with like all of these worlds I think it's impossible to be in your process and be in the middle at the same time you know it's like when you're fighting with your partner like sometimes you just need to like fully say how you feel but if you're constantly like oh well how are they going to take it that's the wounded feminine right there and I think as women we're naturally more empathetic to how people feel. So we're in this constant, like, oh my God, if I share my full truth of the rape and the abuse and this, it's too heavy for the men. So let me not share it for them because it's not every man's fault. And most men today, I believe don't want to, you know, operate from this, but most don't even know, like they don't even Mm -hmm. know what their own mothers have gone through. Mm -hmm. And if we don't share the ick and just the levels that it has gotten to, it's just, we're never going to find that balance. So, you know, I'm married. I've been with my husband for seven years. I grew up with a brother very 
close to me a year apart. Like I love men. I have beautiful relationships with men. I DJ, which is a very masculine thing to do. But for me, I was, you know, I actually was in an MDMA ceremony and I realized this, and I love my husband so much, but I realized this deep anger that I had not just towards him, but towards the patriarchy in general. And I never considered myself to be that type of person. And because I was like open, I let myself follow the line of like, why do I feel this anger? And it was like, because their pleasure historically has been our pain, you know? And if you think about it from the lens of, you know, literal like rape, abortion, so many different topics, it's women who often have to face the consequences Mm -hmm. of these things. And men don't realize the depths and the trauma and the years that 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 takes. So I kind of drew the line down and I'm like, it's not him. It's like the, the history. It's the fact that, you know, my own grandfather was the 27 year old man that married the 11 year old girl, you know, like I am, I am both it's in my lineage we are just as much our, our male ancestors as we are our female. So when I followed that down, I voiced it all to him. It brought us to such deeper levels of love and understanding and has led to him looking at his own maternal lineage and the deep levels of healing. So I think that if we don't name the anger and we're so in our head about like, oh, well, how is he going to take it? Or I don't want to be an angry feminist. Or if I'm, if I fully say how I feel, men aren't going to like me. We never actually reach the levels of depth and being seen that we really desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's about holding the men in our lives accountable, but not blaming them or holding them responsible for what has happened, because that's what it feels like. Like this conversation, it it feels like that in the real world, like women are blaming men for how they have been treated by other men. And when you blame anyone, when you point the finger at anybody, they're going to defend they're, they're going to put walls up. They're not going to be able to hear you. So, so in a safe container, like you said, like with your, with your husband, like it, it's, it's much, I guess, easier to be heard and seen, but for all these women that are online sharing these, you know, these comments, like pro- projecting about men and on the street and like in conversations, like men just have a bad rap now. And it's like, we need to take the, the blame off of them. So it removes the defense that they have and instead come from our heart and sh- just share the experience, share the pain. This is, this is what is taught in polarity work. You know, this is what is taught in some Tantra, like, it is taught that the the feminine is most heard and truly revered and respected when she just expresses for who she is and who she is, is like all the things you said, it's um, all these different parts of us. And that comes with pain that comes with anger that comes with being let down that comes with not trusting, not being able to trust the men in our lives, not being able to, and I, I carry that now still after all the work I've done, I still struggle to fully trust men um just like every other woman I know like it's still we still carry it but the only way for society to get to this place where women are truly respected and heard is for us to 
stand fully in our power, but not be blaming and pointing the finger at everybody else. Cause that is, that is the wounded feminine. It's like, no, you did this. And that's why I feel this way. You did this. And this is why I'm going to keep acting like this and carrying on like this instead of, you know, the queen archetype standing fully in the power and like owning that we've been through this bad stuff and generationally we have been through bad stuff our our mothers have been through bad stuff women all the all our friends women that we know like they've all been through these similar horrible experiences and it continues to happen but we don't grow and evolve in any like positive direction with more blame and more anger projected at certain people or a whole gender like it doesn't that does not work so I think it's just this is why our work is so important in the world helping women learn to express themselves for them and that feminine expression creates ripples and waves and ignites the power in other people even if it's triggering at first even if it's triggering to a man to see a woman in his power, like he will feel a, an ignition happening within him, a fire happening, whatever it is, it's turning something in his brain. And we're no longer pointing the finger at him saying you did something wrong. He's just witnessing the expression of how we're hurt or how we're angry or how we're claiming our power and how we feel sexy and beautiful, whatever it is like feminine expression. Like I think, is going to change the world. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference between men and patriarchy and sometimes people like take them one in the same. So I think a lot of times when women are speaking about the wounds that the patriarchy has caused for men, they might take that personally of like, oh, you hate men or, um, you know, and there's so much discussion and perspectives around this, but the patriarchy is, that male as a society are superior to women. Like that's actually what it stands for. And it exists in many parts of the world. And I think that most men have been harmed from this as well. You know, they've been disconnected from their own feminine, their own artistry, their own emotions, you know, they have been forced to put up a mask. So, you know, when we, when we can see that the patriarchy is not a man versus woman thing, but it's really like this system is just not working mm-hmm. for anyone right now mm-hmm. because it's it's putting one side, one spectrum as um, the controller of the other, then we're all just really going to going to lose. And I think that that's why with social media, it's really hard to have conversations too, because it's just people in their echo chambers and one person's just putting out something in one frame of mind and then someone in another, and they're not really Mm -hmm. meeting. There's no body language. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no connection. So definitely having more open forums where people can come to mutual conclusion and understanding. Mm, Yeah. I think that's, that's the way that's beautiful. Um, So I guess now I want to like really get into the whole, like, what I said at the beginning of the podcast too, like blending these very, very conscious realities that you and I both exist in and work in with that material world that is still very different to how maybe we view things, maybe our perception on things, how much we think about things, how much we feel things. Um, It's just consciousness. Like we're, we're, 
kind of at a different level of consciousness. Like how do we meet in the middle with that 3D world? Because I know that you do it really, really well. And I want to tie this in with like balancing that masculine and feminine too, because we're still in a very masculine world and we're very feminine. So how do you find that balance, that meeting part within your life? Yeah. I think the first, you know, where we all kind of start, we're just in the society, you know, we want to go shopping. We want the, the rich boyfriend, like whatever the things are. And then we have our awakening and then we go the other way of like no material possessions. I'm going to wear all white and mala beads and just meditate and, you know, just practice yoga all day and become a raw vegan. And it goes into another spectrum. And a lot of the spirituality that we hear about is coming from a masculine perspective, right? So it's very focused on stillness. It's non-dual meditation. It's moving past preferences, which is, again, it's the side. It's more of that yang energy. So for myself, being heavily into Ashtanga yoga, living in India, I stopped getting my period because I was completely disconnected from my feminine energy because Ashtanga yoga was literally made for prepubescent boys to keep their hormones down so they can like get in line to eventually be in the military. So it's like, if that was my practice and only eating raw foods, of course, like, you know, because when we step into this, we think all of the things that made us who we were before dancing, you know, being sexually attracted to people, those are all bad, right? So we go into this other spectrum and money goes into that category too. Like wanting money is a very, very bad thing. And then we start to realize that we're not able to impact the world. Like we want to impact it. If we're living in scarcity, we're not going to be in the relationships that we want to be in. We're not going to create the ripples of change. Sure. I have some friends that still live in, you know, Ubud Bali or Goa, India. And they're just like, that's their lifetime for them. But I think for a lot of us, we want to take these messages out into this 3D world, we feel like we're here to be those bridges and way showers. So then it requires us like tiptoeing back and looking at all the things that we maybe used to love to do, all the things that we used to judge and which ones do I consciously choose? So for me, twerking was one of them of like, I love, I've always loved dancing. And for me, twerking is such a beautiful way of expression, belly dancing, pole dancing, floor dancing, just kind of any kind of sensual dancing. (laughs) That makes me feel alive. That takes me to higher levels of consciousness than like forcing myself to do some headspace meditation is no offense. Mm -hmm. So that came back into my sphere, realizing that for me to be the empowered woman that I want to be, I need access to resources. So learning to build a business was part of my sphere learning how to spread my message on social media, which requires figuring out social media, figuring out SEO and blogging and podcasting and all of the things. It definitely, if if all I did was just like sing and dance and Ubud, I would never be able to be right here with you sharing this message. So we pick and choose, okay, what are the, um, the containers that I want to step into? And yes, it's going to come with a mixed bag of it's like 3D shit that you just have to deal with for the 5D to really transcend. And I feel like that's really what this new paradigm of spirituality is about. It's going past the labels of this Mm -hmm. is spiritual, this is not spiritual, and actually Mm -hmm. seeing life as spirit. And, you know, there's also soul. And I feel like the word spirit is very kind of like disembodied and outside of the self, whereas soul is much more embodied and integrated and in the womb and in the heart. And that's really what I and you and so many of us are feeling called to step further into like the wet spirituality. 
Mm-hmm. Girl, <laughs> everything you're saying, I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. This, I really resonate with the word soul. So I love that you said that at the end there. Like I have always been very connected and tapped into the word soul. I do things for my soul. I do things from my soul. And my soul is very, very different to what the online realm or the world matrix thinks is spiritual a lot of the time. And it is about, you know, removing the labels. And this is this weird thing that happens with spirituality. It happens with raw veganism. It happens with yoga. It happens with a lot, everything. Like it happens in the 3D matrix world too. If someone becomes like a gamer or they do cosplay or they, make smoothies they own a restaurant like it's like we just find any way to like box people but then we end up boxing ourselves because we think that we our ego dies to identify with something so even if you come into the spiritual space and you're here because you've had an awakening you're immediately like you're trying to find that that safe net like because you're you're like what the hell is this everything's different you take off the veil and you're like I don't know who I am or where I am and the world is fake and everyone's lied to me. So what do I do? I need to identify with something. And that happens through all of our mini awakenings. It happens when we heal each layer. Like it will always kind of happen at at different levels. Like that's what this healing path really is. It's like removing the layers and the buildup and the gunk and the conditioning that has made us identify so heavily with being this self in this body at this time and space with this history. And of course, all those things are important and they're justified and they, they have made us who we are. But I think the most power comes in the transformation. It comes in the complete release. It comes in the, I'm going to do this because this is what my soul is being called to right now. And it's completely different to what I was called to three minutes ago, last week, a few months ago, like, I think that is the beauty of true, truly living in in tune with your soul and on the 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 consciousness path and being tapped into what we know. And it takes a few, it takes a little bit to get here. I think we identify with so many different things because we're just trying to fit in because it is isolating when you first awaken. Um, but I think that is the most beautiful thing about quote unquote. I feel like I want to like remove the word spirituality to me. I'm like, I need yeah, to find I'm something over it. I'm like, I'm so sick of reading it. I'm so like, it's, that's not even spirituality. Like as we know it is bullshit. Like it's literally a facade. It's like another it's just a new identity. Yeah. It's, it's this weird identification that we're all like trying to fit ourselves into to then seem like we know what we're talking about and like we're cooler than that group of people that resonate with that. Like it's just another fucking bullshit narrative and label. And I'm just so. And it's so clicky too. Like there's all these subgenres of it. It's like, oh, are you Akashic record spirituality or are you crystal spirituality? Are you ayahuasca Uh spirituality? Are you this, that? And then it's Uh like the tables won't sit together, which is like, aren't we missing the fucking point? Yeah, the point is to come together to then all evolve together. And I think that was one thing with me that took a really long time because I was this like brutal, honest, like 
go-getter person and I've always been, I've had to be masculine my whole life. So as soon as I found like spirituality, quote unquote, like I was like, this is the truth. Like y'all don't know the truth. I was just so angry at the world and so angry at everybody and like not trusting anyone. We have to wake up the sheeple. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally like my my pitchfork, like, you know, wake up everyone. Like, and now I'm just like, I literally don't give a shit. Like I like y'all, y'all come if you if you're ready to come. Like I'm gonna keep doing my thing. I'm gonna be over here like shaking my ass or like yelling about something I care about and dancing and building deep connections and living in tune with my soul. And I think that is the most powerful thing. It's just like what I said before. Like the feminine, when expressed, is what is most life-changing it's what sends the biggest ripples us actually believing that anything we do is a revel like a complete revolution it, it changes consciousness it changes wavelengths it changes the frequency of the room of the restaurant of the entire world of social media when people are scrolling like it it hits fucking different the divine feminine hits different <laughs> Yeah. And I think that so many of us were so conditioned to think that that's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. I have to do or say, or come up with something that's like so intellectual in order to get validated that I'm important. And even in my own journey, I thought, oh, I have to write a book. Cause if I don't write a book, no one's going to take me seriously. Cause that's the conditioning. And now I'm like, fuck it, bitch. I'm going to post my twerk videos and I don't give a shit what y'all think about me because <laughs> Because the truth is, whose validation are we seeking? It's like other people who are conditioned in the same exact way. And we're all like, I feel like oftentimes we just recreate the exact same cage we put ourselves in, in the corporate world and the college world and whatever world you were in. We just put that again in the spiritual world of like, okay, like, did you study? Like, did you get your BA in psychology and your certification in this and you're that and you're that? And it's like, and all the language, like you have to use certain vocabulary and the vocabulary keeps shifting. Like now everything needs a trigger warning on it. It's Mm -hmm. like, can we relax? Because the world isn't going to accommodate to how you feel all the time. It really isn't. It really isn't. And it is really just another cage. Everything that we try so hard to identify with every box or mold that we are like, I need to fit into this because like, this is what will be most accepted and validated. It is another cage. And when you said like, who am I even trying to, who are we trying to impress? What, what kind of validation are we really, really searching for? It's so outside of us so that we then feel like we fit in more. That's the place it comes from. It comes from wanting to fit into a tribe and, that's completely biological. It's human nature. I think the the key that we're missing that I think you and I both know, and like, this is what we want to share to the world. is like the more that you just turn that validation inward and figure out what your soul like lights up from the most, what uniquely, uniquely and individually sets you on fire will, I don't want to say like, it'll align you with like your perfect tribe. Like it doesn't happen overnight. Like this shit takes work. Okay. But it will set you more on the path of respecting yourself more and loving yourself more and enjoying life more and just living more truthfully to your unique path. The more that you just align with your inner world, your, you come first, your inner world comes first, your individual experience first 
And then you find spaces that relate to that. You don't look for the spaces and try and fit yourself into the spaces. It's the other way around. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that so many of us, we just don't know. So we look at models online, whether it's like, I don't know, the abundance money space or the the Tantra space or the whatever space. And we're like, well, those people seem happy. Those people seem successful. Those people seem to have, you know, got it figured out. So if I adapt myself to that way of speaking, that way of posting, that way of, of taking pictures of myself, then I'll reach a certain level of success, acceptance, et cetera. And, you know, it's so interesting because I talk about this all the time, but for the first time I was on the other side. So I'm pitching TV shows and the response I keep getting is they're like, we don't understand you. Like there's no like space for you in mainstream media. Cause you're too, it's like, if there's going to be a spiritual person, like it can't be this kind of, you know, dancing stuff that you're doing. And if it's a dancer, then it's like, you got to be a, a Chris Brown backup dancer, you know? And, and then for the first time, I really felt what it was like to be on the other side of like shit. So for me to get in, into this mainstream media matrix, I do have to define myself because they're only choosing people based on a stereotype but I'm just too far along my path to do that. So I'm like, fuck your show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's why, that's why I love you girl. That's why I was like, I resonate with her. Cause like, we're just doing our own thing. Um, yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think some people will really, really, you know, change themselves to fit the outside world. And, I was in Dubai recently. I think that's when we like first connected actually. Um, cause you're going pretty soon, right? Yes. Yeah. So I want to hear why you're going as well. But when I got to Dubai, I was kind of like, well, I was like drawn here for multiple reasons. I've apparently got like ancestry there. I've got roots there in the Middle East. Um, I don't know how far long ago that is because my family is from Estonia and Australia. But anyway, um, I, I went there and I'm like, I, every day I'm like, why the fuck did I come here? Like, this is so bizarre. Like I was just reflected so much of the opposite of my soul and the opposite of soul in general, that that's kind of why I got drawn there. And I felt like I went there to really define for myself individually. If I do want to be more in the 3d, if I do want to be more successful in the world like Dubai is known for business and money and entrepreneurship and success and like ah, like it's just toxic masculine world like you get there it's like the skyscrapers and there's men everywhere and like obviously women are still covered most of the time so it's like this bizarro masculine world and I'm like why the Alicia why are we here but everyone I spoke to was truly like look if you you want the success and you want the car and you want the, all this like money, money, money. Like, like it's great. Like use Dubai for what it is. Use your connections for what they are. And like every part of my soul is like, no, that's not who I am. Like as much as my 3d physical self is like, cool. Like we could make strides here. We can make connections. Like it's just not who I am. I've never been that way. I've never like seen an opportunity and like used it for all it's worth if it doesn't scream a yes to me and that might work for other people to, to utilize things like that. But for me, I truly, I enjoy life so much more when I live in tune with my weird soul. And it's not to say I'm never out of my comfort zone. I'm always out of my comfort zone. I always do crazy shit, but yeah, I feel like 
it's it's fascinating like we get drawn to places like that and go on those journeys and get presented with these things to kind of again learn more of like what's a yes and what's a no for me like let me remember this is my story this is my reality I create this I don't have to be like lured in by something and then continue to follow it when it doesn't feel like a full yes like maybe the lesson was in oh that attracted me that's a desire um yeah I want to hear about like why why are you going to Dubai if you want to share (laughs) yeah so you know similarly every time I've gone to Dubai I'm just like what is this like (laughs) man-made world it's basically like an Arabic Vegas you know (laughs) and Vegas I have like nervous breakdowns every time I go there because of the energy but my in-laws live there so I'm I'm going to Dubai because I'm actually going to Bali and it's like the stopover so I'm like okay I'll spend a few days in Dubai and you know maybe do some things with the media there trying to bring more consciousness so far nothing has been booked because again I'm way too out of the box for people there but I'm like okay I'll just stop for a few days but it's like what you spoke into was the more and more of your truth that you know and you experience you can't go back to lying to yourself anymore Mm -hmm. so like maybe the version of you a few years ago could be like you know what I can make Dubai work. Like I, I can milk it. I, I can do the thing, but it's like, you just know too much about your soul at this point that you can't. And it's like a lion realizing that they're a lion. It's like, I can't go back into that cage. Like I am meant to roam in the jungle. Mm-hmm. And when you have that realization, like, you know, when you know you're supposed to end a relationship and you keep lying to yourself, the signs get bigger and the signs get bigger. And let's say you did convince yourself to stay in the relationship or move to Dubai or whatever the thing is then you're building a life based on what you already know to be a lie. So eventually when it becomes so painfully uncomfortable that you leave, you actually just lost everything that you made. Sure, you got the experience of it, but let's say the moving to Dubai, we're both like, you know what? Let's just like milk those rich Arabs out. <laughs> you know, like, let's just let's just do it. And But then imagine we got married, we're like someone's third wife. And then we're just eventually like, dude, this sucks. This was not worth the the Lamborghini. Like take us back to being even broke in Tulum and Bali or somewhere else. But now we have to go through, how are we going to leave the marriage? How are we going to leave the money? How are we going to leave the society, the friends, the everything? It's so much harder. So it's like, why, when you already know if something's not 100% in integrity, don't continue to build on that because then you're just building a a really big house that you already know the foundation is not sturdy. Yeah, I feel that. And I think all of this, this conversation is really in line with like, you know, transformation, shedding layers, stepping into our truth. And it's currently eclipse season when we're recording this right now. It is just hit Scorpio season 2022. I want to know like, how is all of this this crazy shit in the ethers. How how are you feeling with with all the changes and the crazy energy in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, with this recent Aries full moon that happened, that was a big revelation for me. Um, I had a little bit of like a fiery situation in um, one of my businesses, and it made me realize that I don't love like being a business person. And I knew that about myself, but I was like, you know what, like. I love the vessel of business, the way that I'm able to help people, you know, I love being empowered, but like my truth is I'm here to create content. I'm here to have conversations like this. I'm here to express myself like from my pure feminine flow and so much of even, even having a personal brand is still needing to define yourself and then extract that and then present it and then see the feedback and how do they like it? And I'm just like, I 
to be truthful, I don't Girl. want to do that. I don't <laughs> want to be writing and then like call to action, you know, at the uh-huh. end, like, I just want to put content out there mm-hmm. and I needed to have that like fire in my business to like really realize that. And it's completely shifted now how I'm going to move forward of just like, I just want to create art in the world and not have to worry about how it's going to like be monetized and understood and lead, lead them to purchasing something else. I believe that that's important when you're like completely broke and disempowered, you need to learn business. You need to learn the things. But for me, like I'm not inspired by like Sarah Blakely. I don't want a billion dollar business. I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> like I, to me, like my full freedom and my full truth is to be able to show up like today, you're the only thing I've done today. And I love that because I could just be teaching. Um, you know, then I just started writing because I was inspired to write. And the next, I don't know, I'm going to take a walk and then who knows, maybe I'm just going to like download my next book on my walk in an hour, or maybe I'm just going to listen to a podcast who knows, but I love that openness. Mm-hmm. And I think like the openness for feminine beings, like you and I both know this, the openness is so, so important for feminine beings. Cause that's when we do get into that more surrendered trusting state. And that's when the best ideas come through. That's when we magnetize. That's when we attract. If we're pushing ourselves to fit into this world that doesn't accept feminine energy and we're trying to be something we're not, and we're trying to fit ourselves into a mold and be more masculine and do more things and do, 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 and like make sure we've got the right bio and the right content and all the course action, like all, like all the time. I'm not saying like, don't, don't do that. Don't set that up. But if like, that is your, where predominant, predominant of your energy is going. Like if all of your energy is going into that, you will burn out. You'll feel like misaligned. You will feel like something's not quite right. And I think that is, it's a big trust to trust to get into that feminine flow. And I think like you and I are at this point, obviously like in, in business and in life where like we do beautifully have that space in that time. Um, and I think like the main thing that a lot of girls do struggle with that, like, uh, are trying to tap into their feminine energy, but they're so burnt out at work and they're overworking themselves. Like, I want to hear your opinion on that before we jump off today. Like, what do we say? How do we help? How do we pull these women forward? Like, for them to move out of that burnout stage, like, especially if they're in the nine to five and they're in the job they hate and they need money and maybe they're a single parent and maybe they're taking care of like their mom or like their brother as well. Like, we don't like, the world is crazy and we're at a place where we're so lucky to be where we're at. So how, how do we like, you know, coach and teach other women to get into that themselves. And I know that this kind of would relate to like what you do in your Institute, which is all about Dharma life purpose. And it is not every person is meant to be like a feminine coach and live in Bali. Like everyone is so fucking different. So how do how does anyone begin to tap into what their life purpose is? How do we know what it is? And then how do we live that? How do we live in alignment with that? Yeah. So burnout is really a result of not being yourself for a long time. You know, it's not about doing a lot because there are some days that you might actually be channeling more than people do in months, Mm -hmm. but you're in your flow, you're in your Dharma, you're in your soul's purpose. And when I say the word Dharma, I mean the big reason why you're here, you're energetic signature. And it's not what you do, but it's who you are. So when you're in that, you're channeling streams of consciousness, that ideas are flowing through you. It's when you're forcing yourself to be someone else 
that's when you get burnt out. So I have three pathways that I've noticed of people jumping into their Dharma. The first is the leap. The first is, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to just go all in. So people who like quit their jobs and move to Thailand or, or just launch their coaching practice or start auditioning for shows or whatever else it looks like. So the leap is really good. If you hate your job, you have zero energy from what you're doing that you literally can't after work, think about anything else. It's just so toxic. Or if you're someone that's very all or nothing, like having an element of risk is really motivating for you. Mm -hmm. Then you're someone that would do really well with, with the leap. You, you like that level of adrenaline. However, if you're a single mom with kids and bills and all of these things, then option B would be better for you, which is the slow fadeaway. So the slow fadeaway is when you start to really look at, okay, who am I? So I have my different Dharma archetypes. So you could take the quiz, dharmaarchetypequiz.com, but am I the visionary, the nurturer, the warrior, the teacher, the artist, the entertainer, the researcher, the activist, the teacher? So where are these archetypes within me? And then I have this whole process called the Dharma blueprint. So it's your Dharma archetype. It's the mediums that flow through you. So do I love writing? Do I love speaking? Do I love event organizing, math? What And then getting super specific, if it's writing, is it fiction? Is it long form, short form? You know, so many forms of writing, of speaking, et cetera. So looking at your mediums, then looking at your superpowers. What are the things that come naturally to you that don't come naturally to other people? So maybe you've often heard the compliment of, you know, you're so good at holding space or, wow, you're so organized or, oh, you're so good at making complex topics easy to understand. You know, those are some of your superpowers. The fourth is what are some obstacles that you have overcome or helped someone else overcome? So maybe you had a parent that dealt with cancer, or maybe you've gone through a really bad breakup or a health crisis or just being bullied as a kid, or you help your friends choose outfits for their, for their parties. It, it could really be any obstacle, big or small. Because oftentimes it's those obstacles that guide us towards our dharma. And then the fifth is what we're excited about because excitement are the breadcrumbs that are guiding us towards our dharma. And for me, and I'm sure for you, if you like look at what you were Google searching a few years ago, the books that you were reading, the conversations you wanted to have, it's who you are right now. You know, it's like that was always guiding you there. And the things that you're kind of curious about right now, you're going to be fully embodied and stepping into a few months, a few years from now. So really what's exciting for you? Because through that energy of excitement, of joy, we have more energy. And then we have that energy to actually follow through because living your Dharma and, and manifesting it into this physical reality, it takes time. It takes work. You know, even within that, there's three stages, the Vata ideation, which is the air energy, the fire energy of the doing, pitta, execution, and then the earth energy of the sacred pause, reevaluation. So we're really always in the cycle of different iterations of our purpose. So I think that's the most common misconception of like, oh, my purpose is this one thing. Like I'm a wedding planner. If I'm not a wedding planner now, I don't know what my purpose is, but your purpose is the fragrance you bring to everything that you do. You know, like for you, like the way that you show up on social media, the way that you dress, the way that you have conversations, the way that you coach people, the way that you, everything, it has your fragrance, your energetic signature to all of it. And then when you realize that it's like, oh, I could do freaking anything. And it's all my Dharma because I'm bringing my magic sauce to every single thing that I create. 
Yum. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. On that note, I feel like everyone needs to go and do something that excites them and lights them up. And it truly does. It leads you down a really fun, exciting, crazy, wild life path. It's following those little breadcrumbs of yes. And being interested in trying new things that spark some type of feeling, whether it is desire or it's just curiosity and seeing what comes from that if it is a yes or a no because along the way we need to just try things that's how we learn and we learn our yes now our no we learn what feels right for us we learn every time that we take a step outside the door and we choose the reality we choose what we want to buy what we want to wear how we want to speak the things that we want to put our energy into, it all creates this reality for us. And we can follow, we can do that in alignment with the yeses and we can do the no things and then decide, okay, I'm ready to set a boundary around this now. I'm ready to no longer do that or no longer be that person. Um, And that sounds easier said than done sometimes. (laughs) But on that note, thank you so much, Sahara, for coming on the podcast. I really, I loved our chat today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a multifaceted conversation like we are, and it's just, it's all connected, you know, and that's the beauty of it. When we're able to move into 5d, we're able to see that it's all really the same. It's, it's Mm -hmm. 3d, but it's just like brought into physical form. And then we're not so tied to everything. We can dance with the full spectrum of life. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can twerk to whatever the hell we're listening to. And then in the same day, like sit down with a shaman and <laughs> meditate in the Himalayas, whatever people are into these days. And yes. at the same time, like listen to enjoy, enjoy rap, enjoy photography, enjoy drinking that, eating that, like friendships with those type of people that are into that. It's like this whole that's the place we want to live in. It's like uh, different flavors and different textures. And I think that's, that is the new paradigm. That's what we're, we're here, not so much fighting for, but we're standing for it. Um, And that's what I love the most about your work, your energy and everything. So thank you for what you do in the world. Um, All of Sahara's information will be of course in the bio of this podcast and I'm sure that everyone will love to go and connect with you there because I mean I love your TikTok it's it's super fun I love it yay we have to do a twerking TikTok when we're together yes of course we will I love I love seeing women that are out there like just twerking on like the spiritual ones I'm talking like the spiritual baddies who are like ready to twerk and be like super sexy I love that there's not there's not enough there's not enough. So we need to do it more. Yes. And you'll have to come to one of my DJ sets too. Cause I do a oh twerkle, which is a twerk circle. And we all like get together. It's all women. And it's just so fun to like hype each other up and not see each other as competition. Mm, I love that. That sounds so fun. I can't, I can't wait to come to any, any of your DJ sets. <laughs> I love that you do that. It's, it must be so fun. I, cause I love music. I fucking love music. So I love that you do that. Yes. And I think it's like, it's part of the wave of like, let's even go beyond words, you know, cause words are so limited and we can have a full experience of that vibration without ever needing to like explain like how to be joyful, how to be embodied, how to, it's like, 
let's fucking play some Missy Elliott and you will learn how. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's like, people can ask like, what have you been up to tonight? It's like, I was just like twerking for two hours and I'm a new person. Like I'm brand new. I've had downloads. I am more spiritual than ever. (laughs) Those things are the the most spiritual practices is like in the body, through the body, releasing through the body opening through the body and like after this podcast i'm definitely going to put on music and dance because i haven't danced today (laughs) yes that's the medicine i love it thank you so much uh thank you for having me